2: Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. <laughs> and this is Oscar Mike radio I'm remote I am remote right now this program airs on Thursday but it's uh, February 10th and I'm in Lakeville I'm not in the city of champions called Brockton I'm in Lakeville at a place I've never been before it's called Red Seal AMA owned by Sean Schubert and I'm here because of Michael Dara so join me as we talk about uh, the gym what Michael's doing and let's have a good time so I have two gentlemen on the couch here with me, one has a shirt on that says team, Dare. I'm going to find all about that, but um, I'd like to start off with first about Red Seal. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, Sean, would you tell me what Red Seal is all about? Sure. uh,
0: Red Seal is a program that I started about
2: three years ago and it's
0: designed all about integrating skills into folks that want to pick up the sport of boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, MMA, something like that. Uh, What we do is basically teach guys how to, uh, in essence, play the game, how to scrimmage. And in our gym, we use fighting, but you could use a hockey team, a soccer team, a baseball team, and you let the guys play the game. You give them the basic outline of how the game works, and then we start to kind of incorporate skills that they have naturally and play on some of the other things that they're having trouble with. So we take their natural abilities and we help them grow and thrive on them and point them in the right direction in the areas that they need work on. So it's kind of a personalized program, although everybody comes in and trains together, it's really individually uh, a growth in yourself with some of these things that you come in, you say, oh, I never did any boxing before. Well, here's the rules. You punch in the head, you punch in the body, you're not allowed to punch below the belt, you're only allowed to use your hands, so let's move around a little bit. You try and get me, I'll try and get you. And then we start to play in that sport of boxing. And from there, they start to get comfortable, see what things are natural for them, what things they need to work on, and then we can start to move into some practices and different training phases.
2: So that's a really unique individual perspective on this. And I notice you have a Team Darius shirt on. So I'm sitting here, Michael Dare sitting next to you, and you know, Mike, I gotta tell you from from just a layman's observation, you don't strike me as the prototypical MMA boxer kind of guy. How did you get involved with this?
1: Um, I did some uh, uh, mixed martial arts years and years ago, like right after the military. But I um, kind of got lazy with with work and stuff. And um, a couple of months ago, I had some family issues with it with a, my wife's cousin. He basically thinks he's a boxer because he started boxing a few months ago and uh, he's had a couple fights that he's lost. And then uh, he decided to, try to to basically call me out when I had nothing to do with the situation. But since he was mad at my wife, he decided to call me out. So basically what had happened. So um, he got mad at the fact that my wife was speaking some some truth about him and he can't handle it. So he got mad and my wife was threatened by someone, either him or someone else. So then I went technically just after him. I was going after him. And he said he wouldn't fight me on the street, so he said, you know, box me. So it took a little bit. I was like, box me. I'm 300 pounds at the time, 297 pounds, six foot one. You know, I was um, just had a motorcycle accident. I really wasn't ready to be fighting. Um, street fight, yeah. You know, I'll tackle him, take him to the ground. You know, right, right. But on um, boxing. He said, box me. And I said, I don't know how to box. And he kept saying it. And I kind of figured the only way I was going to get this kid, because he was going to hide in his house some more, was I was going to say, yeah. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll box you.
2: So are you boxing this guy next
1: Saturday or? Yep, um, I'm boxing him next Saturday. I had no boxing skills up to that point, um, street fight. I called a friend of mine, Gerald Schifoni, that I knew was a Golden Gloves boxer and uh, was pretty serious into boxing and went pro pro. So uh, I called my day and he's not a huge fan of the kid i fighting either. So I said, hey, you know, train me. He laughed at me, he goes, train you? He goes, dude, you gotta lose weight. <laughs> I said, all right, I said, I'm down. He goes, you are? I said, yeah, give me, give me, a, give me a, a meal schedule. He's like, you sure? I go, yeah, I do. Give me a meal schedule. Tell me what I do. I'll be there. Tell me what I gotta be there. He laughs. He goes, he goes. You're crazy. He goes, you're absolutely fucking crazy. He goes, battle. cool.
2: So let me get this straight. You you were in the military. What, what branch? I was in the army. Okay, army. What 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 uh, what did you do in the army?
1: I was an airborne army ranger.
2: Ooh, so almost as good as the Marine Corps. But...
1: <laughs> uh, only if you tell me you were a grunt in the Marine Corps.
2: Well, I was not a grunt. I was an yeah. air winger. so uh, much respect. So you, so you get out of the Army, and it's, it's a couple months ago, and this guy calls you out. It's a family thing. And you're like, forget that. I'll, I'll take you up on it. And you call him out. He calls you out, but you've called him out to fight in a very public event. Now, where where is this fight taking place?
1: Uh, the West Warwick Civic Center.
2: This Saturday, February Sorry. 17th. 17th. Mm-hmm. So you, you're 300 pounds, which is... You're in my range, no. absolutely. And you just want to do this. I mean, you didn't think about failure. It just sounds like you want to do this to prove that, hey, you call me out, I'll meet you anywhere and get this done. Range of that. All right. So so back to, to Sean, he's not. He, he's an older athlete. What are the kind of challenges, or what do you have to take into consideration when you're working with someone like Mike, who isn't the, the, the typical kid doing this? Because this is a young man's sport. but. I watched him, you train him in the ring and I'm like, he's making me tired. I'm motivated, but I'm absolutely gassed watching him. How do you, how do you adjust for that kind of person um, because you have worked with different people?
0: The thing about Mike's situation is that it is very unique. The organization that is putting this boxing promotion together in itself is extremely unique. They have their own little thing going on. They swing it as uh, Jerry Springer meets WWF meets boxing, and that's how they're kind of promoting this thing. And they're, they're sanctioned. They're giving these guys an opportunity to fight on a platform of status in, in a respectable arena with respectable people that are officiating and making sure everything weighs in properly. So already you're taking a guy that has zero experience, zero time to train, and you're putting him into one of the more professional boxing promotions or type of promotions that could be run. So the biggest thing was time. Uh, Because of the unique situation with the family, the drama, the Jerry Springer (laughs) MTV type of feel that this boxing promotion has anyways, when I did reach out to Mike, and offer to train him, he was very standoffish, didn't quite know if he could trust me, so on and so forth. So after a little bit of research, talking to some guys, finally get him to come in and start working with me. Now the first thing I see is that we're pressed for time. How many weeks do we have to get you ready? We're not gonna turn him into the world's greatest boxing champion in four weeks. So we have to give him tactical skills, a strategy that sets him up to win and we look at his opponent luckily I've gotten to deal with his opponent before one of my kids fought him a few months ago absolutely demolished him so oh boy <laughs> it was already kind of something that we had in the works bringing Mike in and we knew exactly where we were gonna take him how we were gonna train him so that was kind of the easy part and we've really just been spending these last few weeks on his stamina and getting his brain and his body to be on the same wavelength and to get his to get his brain making sure that we can just kind of put him on autopilot and just do the few things that we're getting accomplished in these boxing trainings.
2: So you're trying to make this more more natural of instead of overloading him with a lot of input to deal with. Just like you said in the beginning, work with his natural ability.
0: Of course.
2: Of course. So so Mike, you know, you, you you had some hesitancy to work with Sean. How did he win your trust? You know what I like Sean said, I did some research.
1: Like in the very beginning, um, this started December seventh. Started running, lost a lot of weight and stuff, and I had place people coming out of the woodwork, like fake fake Facebook accounts being like, hey, come train at this gym, come down to Providence at this gym, come here, and I'm like, and I was, no. And the kid I started working with at first was like, you know, don't never trust anybody don't go into gyms. And, uh, Sean reached out to me and he was dead serious. He goes, listen, he goes, you know, you don't like this kid. We don't like this kid. You know, my guy smashed him the last time. And he goes, and he just, you know, the kid kept talking. He goes, and I'd like to train you and just looked for people. Like we had a lot of mutual friends on Facebook and, um, come, some of the guys I ride with, I'd ask him about him, other people and other people and just kept giving me real good reviews. And, uh, Finally, one day, I just said, you know, screw it. I said to, you know, Gerald, my buddy Gerald was helping me train at the time. And I was like, you know, let's just go down there. And he said, all right. He goes, you know, this day we'll go down. And we went down. And I instantly found in love with the way he, he, the way he trains, like the tactics wise, like he said, like that. He brings more of an animal out me. And it's more, he's analytical to the point where he shows, does, well, he, he explains shows and does, you know what I mean? To the point where I pick, that's how I learn too, you know? We'll go over it for a second. I can do it. And then I pick up a well. you know, I, I listen very well. So I'll, the way he teaches is just so much easier. And I just, like I said, the, the kid's an amazing trainer. You know what I mean? He, he works with what he's got, <laughs> you know?
2: And, and so, Sean, what, what do you see in Michael for a guy his age? Because a lot of people probably wouldn't touch a, a guy his age instead of take his money.
1: <laughs>
2: no, seriously, seriously.
1: The kid's not even taking my money. Like, I tried. He just He just wants to train me. That's the craziest thing about it.
2: Well, it's it's very interesting. So, you know, from from a base level, I mean, I don't know how you evaluate uh, fighters, but what do you see in, in, in Michael?
0: It's his determination and his will to be successful. He knows that he has a lot of work to do. He doesn't come in here thinking that he knows it all, thinking that he's a tough guy, thinking that he you know, will power through it, or that his military background is going to carry him so far, X, Y, and Z. He comes in here with an open mind, and he comes in here often, and that's the biggest thing. I obviously need to do this and make money. This is all I do for work, so this is my business. This is my, you know, this is my bread and butter. Of course, I I want to do it and, and make a living at it, but when I have a guy that tells me I want to fight. I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna train, I'm gonna listen to you. When I say, write me a meal plan or write me a schedule that says, this is what I've been eating, what time I've been eating it, this is the exercise I've been doing, what time I've been doing it, and the guy gives it to you the next day, you know he's serious. And those are the types of guys that I like to work with in general. If you can't give me the time of day or take the work home with you and do some of this stuff on your own, a, you're never going to make it anyways, and B, you're wasting my time and your time. So, just doesn't make any sense to put extra effort into the guys that don't want to put it in for themselves. But, a guy like Mike Dara shows up, and he says, hey, I'm willing to work. I'm going to do whatever you say. He doesn't question it. He just does it. And that's the He's that's a soldier. over' the, kind of, he that's follows the orders. guy that you need in here. And in the fight game... You know there's tons of avenues you can take you can take this into a fitness avenue and say hey I just like to work out, but lifting weights and running on the treadmill is not always the thing for me So what else do you have for me and hitting the bag and jumping rope and doing the circuit type of exercises that boxers and fighters do? change up the weight room in that Lackadaisical mediocre workout that you're doing in the gym by yourself or you say Hey, listen, I really want to learn the skill of the sport, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, whatever the case may be, but I never really want to cross that threshold and go into the ring or step into the cage and have another person that wants to hurt me try and hurt me while I try and do bad things to them too. Then you have that small percent. You've got the one percenters that are going to take it the extra mile. They're going to cross the threshold as many times as possible. The first time I talked to this guy, he says, this is a one-time deal for me. He came in here, and he's already talking about, well, after this, we're gonna get some other training in, we're gonna get this other fight going. yeah, that was, other-
2: that was my next question. I mean, Mike, what is next after this? I mean, it seems like you've already got this dialed in mentally for what you wanna do. Next is get better. Okay.
1: Next is, uh, next is work more on being a, a boxer and a kickboxer, not just taking on this one fight. Right now, is like Sean was saying, it's kind of just the basics. Get me in there, train me for this person, you know, get me to lose the weight. I mean, I'm down 60 pounds, you know, since December 7th. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's been, I hit a plateau. Sean, I Like Sean said, give me your meal plan. Give me what you do. I gave it to him. Kid went right back in the back and wrote me up a meal plan, changed it up. You know, he wanted me to eat more at this time, and I was cutting weight out. And as much as I was like, oh, man, I can't eat more. Or, I can't eat at four in the morning like you tell me to do. I did it. You know, because I, I want to be the best at this. I can't take, I'm not going to take a challenge. I don't think I can at least, I can win. You know, or die trying to win. So at this point, it's, um, you know, add this on. Now I'm doing X amount of miles in the morning on the bike. I'm doing two a day, you know, just because Sean told me to do that.
2: So, what's your family see that you're doing this? I mean, they've obviously seen a change in you. They've obviously seen that you put a lot of effort into this. What, what's this done for them? pissed my wife off <laughs> well.
1: uh, no really though I mean besides besides taking away from because I, I spend a lot of time doing it right now it's you know it's gym work work overtime in gym you know but um besides that my wife has seen like I you know I'm a combat vet so like most of us are at this point and uh suffer from all the acronyms and all that stuff you know and uh met all the medications and everything and you know I've always you know you balance out for a little bit of medication then you don't then you do but um my wife said to me, you know, like for one of the last shows, she said, this is the the most focused and happiest I've seen you in a long time. She goes, not just that you look good, that you lost your weight, you know, and, and that you, you're you working hard and the focus that I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to, the point that I'm happy. She said, you know what? And I, I've gone through some things during this last couple of months that, you know, might have broke broke me before, but with the help of the boxing and, you know, instructors coming here, so i talking to Sean training. I might say something. Sean's basically just like, shut up and let's go because... You know, and that, that takes my mind out of things, and um, it's it's made me a happy, happy, a better person. You
2: know, it's fun to get punched in the face once in a while. <laughs> so, but you're not you're not fighting these battles alone. That's what a lot of guys get into. Yeah. They get in that rut, and they can't get out of it because they get alone, they feel alone, and they are alone. You reached out for help, you took the help, and you went with it. And your wife sees that. She might be pissed, but your wife isn't pissed at you exactly it's part of marriage man well exactly i mean god love them but um i was telling my sons don't get married live in sin my wife gets mad at that too i don't know why <laughs> they they want to sit uh, that's a we can go down that rabbit hole another time but yeah i, I get that a lot so uh <laughs> it's funny so you have team dare rolling with you this saturday right you yep. have a lot of people come to watch this yeah
1: man i gotta i gotta i got a lot of love man it's crazy like I got a lot of people. I've um, I probably had just alone my tickets alone. I've sold well over 100 tickets of just me selling them, not including you know the organization selling them for people for me and people who have gone through other fighters because there's a couple other Brockton people fighting. You know, um, I've had right off the rip. I had companies come to me who want to promote me. I mean, I'm not even an amateur fighter, and I got five companies promote me, giving me money to buy shirts to promote me. You know, and I I got a guy that you know wants to manage me. I got a manager. <laughs> I get a manager. I have promotions. I've never even fought before. Talk about the love, man. And then I got people like Sean who's, like, Sean's very well-respected in this in this area and everything. I mean, you can ask anybody as far as the fight scene goes. You know, Sean's very well-respected. And yeah. his trainer, Sean Graham, and it's like these people
2: all just brought me in and let me train. Yeah, I'm looking at some of your awards and some of your, your certifications. I mean, you're not just some fly-by-night guy. You've had a lot of experience doing this with a... With the open hand, the knife, the knife fighting, which you don't see a whole lot anymore. I mean, how did you get started in this?
0: I started in traditional martial arts when I was six. And I was doing the Kempo thing, the Hayak Karate, running around in my costume, my pajamas, and my belt, and my patches. And, you know, it was good as a kid. I grew up in a military-style organization that I ended up getting a couple of black belts in. Moved through my 20s, and in the early 90s, the MMA scene started to really break, and everybody hit the craze, you know, with the UFC coming out, and this style versus that style, grapplings hitting the scene, all this stuff, and I was always into it, I was always into fighting, I was always into, even when I was playing other sports, I was the guy that the coach had to grab by the collar and make sure I didn't run out there and start fighting, or You know, when I was older in high school, I was the goon that they'd send out and, hey, go pick out number 35 and make sure you grab him and, you know, don't let him do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I'm the guy that they'd send out to shadow people and so on and so forth. So it was always kind of my role as a kid growing up. And then I was cooking for a living and bouncing on the side and bartending and just living that kind of lifestyle of like shaking things down, bouncing in Boston, bouncing in around the places in Bridgewater and doing martial arts. The guy that I had originally opened my first martial arts school with about three, four, five, six years ago, we're going on six years in September. So I opened my first karate school in September, uh, September about six years ago and just kind of hit the ground running. I was doing both working in the bars and bouncing, running the karate school at night, and that guy actually ended up suffering from his demons and committed suicide, and that kind of left me holding the bag, and I had some choices to make, and I kind of hit my fork in the road and picked a direction, and I've just been going, going, going ever since, and I've traveled all over the place. I've been cross country doing boxing and kickboxing, cornering, different guys like that. I've been to Thailand to do knife camps. I'm with one of the world leaders in the blade fighting organization called AMOC. I do a ground system called PCS-5 that's all blade based. And that's just always been a part of me. My background's always been that self-defense, street fighting, tactical fighting blade work, stick work, uh, gun defense, all that type of mugging and anti-bullying and all that type of stuff. The sport fighting was something that I kind of picked up later on and I just liked that I could sign up for a fight and go fight somebody and not have to deal with police or paperwork or you know all that stuff that comes with bouncing and you know oh listen you beat this guy up so now go hide in the back so that when everybody comes and you know what I mean they they, you know in in that type of world they protect their own and you know I've come from you know Department of Use Services and I did all that stuff you know and this is just home for me now and the combat sports is a great activity great outlet but my passion is for sure getting people to be able to defend themselves properly.
2: So, over time, I mean, some of your fighters, maybe some of your students may become family. This, like you alluded to earlier, Michael, is a family affair. you got a lot of people coming out to support you. Uh, my producer, Keith Hayes, was sent us to one of the productions, like, you got to talk to this guy. What's it going to be like? Because I don't like to think of failure as a, as a Marine, and, and neither is the Rangers. Because I met a couple of them, you guys are crazy. <laughs> when, when you pace this guy, I mean, I mean that's gonna kind of feel good Saturday night. Oh, I can't wait, man, I'm pumped. I'm,
1: I'm pumped, I'm, I'm pumped to get in there, man, and it's like, it's 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 the butterflies, but it's the good butterflies at this point. Like, I just can't, it's just, it's been a long time coming and I know I put the work in, you know, and I, you I know- didn't I, cheat.
2: You didn't cheat, you didn't take a day off, it, it no. sounds like you ground the whole entire time. No,
1: man, I, I hit the, I had a twenty ACL when I started. Torn ACL. I wrapped it in a wrap, and I just went. through, You know, what I mean, they're taking nine, ten milliliters of stuff out of my knee because it was messed up. Because the right, it was literally three weeks after my motorcycle accident. Well, what it do th- you,
2: what, what you ride, or what uh, did you ride?
1: I was riding a GSXR, but I'm looking at looking at a Harley right now. Well,
2: we got to go yeah. riding sometime. I Absolutely, ride Sean cruising. too. Sean got a bike too. All right, right. Yeah. all right, great. Yeah, I love it. It's my therapy. And speaking of therapy, yeah. Sean, you know, and Michael too. I mean, you know, a lot, lot of people I know, a lot of my brothers and sisters. You know, are on those drugs to deal with their demons, and they never really get off of them. And I found there's all kinds of things that they'll they'll try. Like he tried, you know, your style of training and instruction, and it worked for him. And someone tries horse therapy, or has a dog, or has yoga, or breathing, and it works for them because they were willing to listen and willing to get out of their comfort zone a little bit and try something different the the same common themes the same thing when when they start doing this they don't need the pills as much and they live a better life so I guess my last question as we kind of wrap this down is what's it been like for you to see him change uh, Sean and Mike how do you feel you've changed before this even throws down Saturday either one of you take it
1: uh, me I have changed um I've you know not by doctor's orders but I've cut my medicine in more than half. And the only reason I take some of the medicine now is, I think, just to just to keep it going, you know, because I don't want to see how I feel coming off it totally, but I've right. cut it back. And in the past, I've cut it back before just because I didn't want to take it anymore, you know, because, and then there's been times that I wasn't on medicine and stuff, but I found the, the way that it works for me is I go through therapy and I go to see a psychiatrist, you know, they put me on sleep meds and all that stuff, you know, for nightmares and all that, all those happy horse things. But, um... Other than that, man, like, the, the meds aren't doing it for me. Like, the other day I said to my wife, I go, I don't think I've taken my meds in, like, three days. And normally, like, you know, you get in your head and you think about it. I mean, I'm not anything serious anymore anyhow because I kind of cut out everything serious after I had a, a medical um, medicine issue. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I, I really don't even take my meds that much anymore. I kind of just take them, I think, every couple of days lately just keeping keep them in my system at this point.
2: Just, no, you're you're not the first... You know, guy or girl who's told me that.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, they have to because at this point, if if I do if I do stop taking them and and they were to test me that at the VA and it wasn't in my system, even something as simple as like diff, different NSAIDs and stuff like that, they won't give them to you anymore. So maybe someday down the road something happens, I need them, whatever. But right now, this is more my therapy and more my medication. Like. I came here not so long ago, and I was real upset about things, like I said to Sean. And by the time I'm leaving, I'm, you know, I feel better. You know, I, I look forward to, it. like Sean said about going to lift weights. You know, I go lift weights, and you go, oh man, I got to go lift now. But here, I'm like, oh man, I got to go get punched in the face. Like it's <laughs> it's crazy to think that, you know what I mean? And it, it's awesome. It's like, you know what? To, to to have the caliber of the people teaching me right now, and and just being there for me to to, to train me, is just knowing that people have have that.
2: How uh, support,
1: yeah, yeah. there's just the support. The sport's lot, crazy, man. Like a lot of people, like he, like I said, Sean, I didn't know from a hole in the wall. You know, what I mean, sure, Sean wants to bring a belt back to his to his gym, but you know, it's not just that either. You know, what I'm saying he legitimately, he's like, be here tomorrow, right. be here tomorrow. And I know I feel bad, like even if I had an excuse for him, he'd probably be like, be here tomorrow. You know what I mean? So it's it's just really good. Like it's done so much for me mentally, not just physically, mentally. And I I definitely stay on top of it again just to get better.
2: So Sean, um, where he talked about. Here. Where is here uh, for people who are listening to this and want to reach out to you or, or get in get in touch with Red Seal?
0: Uh, we're based in Lakeville, Massachusetts, on Route 44, and a lot of people that are from the area get freaked out. They think Lakeville, uh, I'm going to be out near a farm in the woods somewhere. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Actually, we're uh, right off of 495, exit six on 495, and uh, we're right off the Middleborough exit on. Uh, route 24 so we're probably a mile from both highways maybe less and we're right around the Middleborough rotary so we're right out in public right out in the open it's easy to find we're across from Mucky's liquor store next to the pet food supply it's the big red building everybody in the area knows route 44 and, and all that the address is 155 Millennium Circle and if they want to find me on social media I got all that stuff intact I'm on the Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and all that tweeter and all that kind of stuff you know <laughs> we're all out there and uh they can find us on the internet at uh, www.redsealma.com
2: awesome awesome so you know as we go into saturday what do you what do you think of, of, of your student we you think of your fighter here he's ready to go i tell
0: this to all the guys and girls that i put in the ring and offer to let them do fights and, and that type of thing And. It's very clear to them that if they weren't ready, I wouldn't sign off on it. I'd never send somebody into the lion's den and not be ready to hunt the lion. You know what I mean? And that's what we're here to do. You know, we're we're gonna take that guy and we're gonna put him in his place and let him know that Mike Dyer has been training and where he's been training.
2: Well, gentlemen, I mean this is uh, great. I'm gonna try to get down there myself uh, next Saturday to check this out. Uh, But for those of you listening, if you want to check the podcast out, uh, if you're listening to it, you know that it's on uh, February 15th, 8 p.m. at OscarMicroRadio.com. It'll also be on uh, SoundCloud and YouTube and then the Monday replay on Facebook Live. I might do it for Friday, though, so everybody can listen and check it out. But um, that is it for episode eight zero, and I'm I'm motivated. I'm, I'm like sitting there thinking, holy crap, I'm getting tired just watching these guys in the ring. But I'm like, I could probably do this. <laughs> so it's just been a really cool good talk with you, Mike, and I hope you talk again. And Sean, thank you very much for letting me come in here and talk to you both. Thank yeah. you, Travis. Thank Travis, you. can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Probably
1: yeah. just because the promoters of Gabanity. It's called Brawl for all. <laughs> At least put the name out there, Brawl for all five. Um, it's promoted by uh, Jared Tillinghast and uh, the Capiello, Rich Capello. Um, like I said, it's number five. They've been doing good, p- pretty good so far. It's a uh, third one, right? The third one down in Rhode Island. Yes. Um, you
2: yep. know, "Brawl for It All" it's February seventeenth. That's right, "Brawl for It All." So you'll see that. Thank you very much. Episode eight zero is gone. We are out.